You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to the Rebels Podcast. This is our ninth episode of Season 3 for the episode An Inside Man. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's going on, Mike and my Star Wars brothers and sisters? We're back uh, talking An Inside Man, uh, but before we do that... Yeah. Mike, I have a I have a question for you, but let let me ask you in the news. So let's jump okay, let's into the news right now. Always on the move. Force is strong this week. Now, here's the latest from a galaxy far, far away. Right away, sir. All right, Mike. So my question is, have have you seen a ghost today? Uh, you because know, I think I have. Yeah, I saw a real spooky <laughs> video on online today, uh, and and if you look really closely, you could see a ghost in it. Yeah. Uh, of yeah. course, we're talking about uh, TV spot Rogue One TV spot number twenty six. If you wanna, if you wanna look that Jeez. up on YouTube, if you haven't 26. seen it yet, um, there is more more than likely a ship that appears in that in that TV spot. Um, just sort of in the lower middle of the frame um, mm-hmm. in one of the shots that is the ghost uh, it certainly looks like it you know oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's 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 definitely the same model of ship as the ghost uh, whether or not it is actually the ghost I guess we'll find out but um, yeah I it, it sort of points to the idea that uh, that at least uh, the ghost itself is still kicking around by the time we make it to Rogue One, um, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know more than that, if you really take a close look, the makeup of that fleet, um, it really uh, there, there's a few ships that I don't think we've ever seen before, but in amongst them, there's obviously you know your standard Corellian corvettes and your uh, Rebel transport, the, you know the clamshell uh, Rebel transports. Um, and X wings and Y wings and all that goodness, but uh, but there's also one of those hammerhead, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, freighter corvette transport 
chips, um, which uh, is very familiar to us on the Rebels podcast because uh, Phoenix Squadron is made up of tons of those. Right. right? Yeah. So, and, and the ghost seems to be flying alongside one of them. So I, uh, along with some Corellian Corvettes, which, uh, which I, uh, Phoenix Squadron and obviously Bail Organa's um, Rebel Cell seem to use quite a bit. So I, uh, so it's kind of pointing to the idea that Phoenix Squadron will actually be a uh, part of Rogue One. Rogue One. Um, and I'm just going to go, I'm just going to, going to spin off of that bit of news and rumor, um, speculation and just, just really quickly report, um, that, that through a, through a source, I can't really verify it, but, um, but through, through one of my sources, I basically, um, some folks have, have gotten an opportunity to see some episode eight, uh, marketing materials and mm. uh, and basically like product reviews and stuff like that wow. um, in different places. I don't know that I've seen anybody else reporting on this yet, but uh, but one of the things that I have heard through the grapevine is that uh, is that we might actually see A wings and Mon Cal cruisers back in wow. uh, in episode eight. So um, take that with a grain of salt. I don't. I have no way of verifying that at the moment. Um, it's just sort of. Uh, friend of a friend of mine sort of situation but uh so it's total rumor total speculation until it's confirmed elsewhere but uh but i haven't seen any news um at all uh of that sort just yet um because everybody all eyes are on rogue one so um yeah yeah i mean there's a there's a few there's a few other rumors and that sort of thing going around but uh, I'm just just really check. So if you want to be spoiled, if you want to see things before they're announced and and know things before they happen, um, the best way to do that is to go to makingstarwars.net. This is a free oh, ad yeah. for them yeah. because they do a really good job. Somehow they, especially with the Force Awakens, a little bit less so I think with Rogue One and Episode Eight so far. But with the Force Awakens, they were crazy right on a yeah. whole bunch of different things oh yeah they um, were they were right on a lot of stuff for yeah sure. i but i but it's a great site to go to they do have they do have an episode eight yeah i uh, uh, rumor here that uh that that i don't i haven't they got somebody on the inside jeez they, the stuff they get man yeah. wow um so so here's what i'm thinking mike on this yeah. um as far as the that shot we got of the ghost, like you said, there's been no confirmation. But I mean, come on, we've heard Kathleen Kennedy say uh, when asked, you know, about hey, you know, the timeline as yeah. far as Rebels and, and Rogue One and this are so close. She says, well, there could be a chance that there could be some type of crossover. I think it's either two things, like it's going to be a crossover like this where it's just an Easter egg where you look and there you go, oh yeah, that's you know that could be the ghost, you know. Mm-hmm. Or it could be something more to where, um, which I don't think they're going to do, but throw some kind of characters in there somehow. Or not necessarily see them, but maybe get yeah. like a mention or something like that. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't think it's unrealistic to think that at some point they took Vanessa Marshall and they, they did mm-hmm. her up in Twilight, 
makeup and mm. uh, and had her just do an insert shot where she just says a line, you know, like that Return of the Jedi style. Mm. Uh, yeah. Everything's kind of going down. There's all these characters all over the place. Just a quick, uh, a quick, yeah. you know, half a second, second shot or something like that. Yeah, it'd just be. Cr- I mean, talk about like serious you know, continuity and putting things together and mashing the different forums and mediums as far as, you know, TV and film. Oh my gosh, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy yeah. cool for us. You know, like I've said before, normal audiences not going to even know the difference, but all, all of us that are watching Rebels, yes. we'd just, whoa, you know, we'd see that and go crazy, you know? So, I mean, how it's just, it's just pretty cool to see that. And um, again, I don't know, like you said, Mike, we don't know if this is actually being confirmed or not. It's, it's just a pretty cool catch by whoever caught this thing first. I mean, it's, it's, it's not really hidden, you know, it's not like an no. Easter egg like we've seen before. So it's, it's pretty much out there in your face. So, uh, but it was really cool to see that. And again, uh, I don't know. I just, I think there could be a chance. You never know where can get, like I said, you can get maybe a mention. Um, and, and it also says to me, like, Here's another thing you could take from this. I think you mentioned this too, just now, like that. Now we can kind of assume if that is the ghost that at least somebody in that crew is going to survive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So who could that be? As far as you know, you're thinking maybe here. You know, I still think that we could be seeing the end of like Kanan or Ezra and or both in this series. But yeah, somebody. You know, if that is the ghost, somebody's somebody's going to survive that and get into get into Rogue One. So that's that's kind of interesting to see that. So. Man, that's been shooting around the web though today, and everybody's been talking about it. It's just a really cool thing. I love that they're that they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll continue with some more, uh, I guess, um, some rebel stuff. I mean, we got when we come back from the break in January sometime. Yes. Uh, we got we're going to be visiting Geonosis. It looks like, and Mike, we you talked about this for at least this season, maybe the last couple seasons maybe since the beginning i don't know but it looks like we're finally getting a multiple story arc in rebels we're getting two parts of geonosis here so mm. that's kind of cool to see that i mean we've been asking for it you know taking these these episodes and stretching them out and giving us some a little more story a little more um meat yeah. into these stories you know and so that's what they're going to do they're going to go ghost of geonosis and uh it talks about the crew returning to geonosis in search of a missing rebel team sent to investigate suspicious activity there so the we have visited um, Geonosis before, mm-hmm. and we saw the remnants of what was what we think was the um, Death Star being built, right, Mike? So yeah, it looks like the yeah might just, go into just more of that. In, in orbit around around Geonosis, right? right? We right. yeah we um, what was that? Was that this season? No, that was last season. Was it? I keep thinking it's this season, but yeah, you're right. It's Maybe, last season. Yeah, I think I it was last season. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, when they when they went to that sort of derelict um, imperial mm-hmm. uh, uh, manufacturing platform, it was like there was those the two of them. They looked kind of like jellyfish, right? right? And I, I, yeah, they were they. It, it was it was clear to those reading between the lines that that is where construction on on the Death Star had begun, right? As we saw mm-hmm. at the end of Revenge of the Sith. So yeah. um yeah very very interesting. Um yeah. obviously the the sort of implicating that the Geonosians had something to do with it and it seems like maybe maybe we're we're working towards uh, uh, something Death Star related 
um, that yeah. might tie into the storyline of these guys. Because um, one of the interesting things about Rogue One is that it appears at the beginning of the movie that the Rebels already know that the Death Star exists. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that it's out there. They don't know exactly what it is. They don't know. They just know that there's a that the Imperials are building some new weapon. And so, like, that's why they kind of go after Jin because they, they know that her father is connected to it, right? Mm-hmm. So how they came about getting that information, we're going to have to wait and see. But I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that, that the ghost crew might have something to do with that eventually. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a small galaxy after all. So, Yeah, you know, you talk about the Death Star, and you're right. I think that we are going to see something in this series. And, and as a matter of fact, I thought we were going to get it in this episode in I Inside so Man. Too. Did I you? So okay. Too, yeah. yeah, and we'll talk about it when we get there. But, yeah, I think we are heading to that direction. And, you know, if you're reading Catalyst, um, Geonosis is involved in that book, especially mm-hmm. Paul the Lesser. He's in that book as well. So, um yeah, this is this looks pretty cool, and and the second part of this Geonosis story talks about finding a surprise and having to conceal yeah. it from uh, from the Imperial forces. So, man, that looks like it's going to be. It sounded like it's going to be um, a really cool two part episode as we come back from the break uh, in the next year. So, look out for that. Uh, last thing we'll talk about, you know, we talk about Rogue One. Hey, uh, thirty minutes have been shown already. There's a there was a um, event at Lucasfilm right there in San Francisco. And a lot of um, people got to check out. A lot of uh, critics got to check out the first 30 minutes. Mike, I still can't figure out why we weren't there, but hey, it's okay. Uh, but you know, um, I, you know, the invitation must have gotten lost. You know what happens? You know what happens? And 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 I'll just come out and say it. Here's what happens. First of all, we're not big enough to get invited to stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and that's not on us, and that's not on Lucasfilm. That's on you guys that are listening to it. So. Uh, you know, like you guys need to share us with your friends and uh, make a much <laughs> yeah. bigger deal about us being invited to stuff like that. Because if we say it, it just sounds like we're complaining. But if you guys say it, maybe they'll listen. Um, yeah. It's an hour and a half away from me. I can get there super quick. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> the, 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 so this is sort of in three parts. The other part is that um, our main contact with Lucasfilm is with Tracy Canobio, who works on star wars rebels specifically right she does pr specifically for for star wars rebels um and she's awesome and she's the best and she's one of my favorite people on the planet because she gives us all kinds of awesome goodies and access and and that sort of thing when it comes to that um but you know i i she is very focused on that arm of things and i've talked to her about other things before and and it it usually is like sort of a bit of a non-starter because like that's not really her it's not what she's focused on. It's not to say that she doesn't like, she's awesome. She could probably get us access to anything that we wanted, but go back to refer back to point one. Um, and then point three is that she knows that I'm in Vancouver, that I'm in Canada. I don't know that she fully knows that Matt, you are in Sacramento. Um, Mm -hmm. even though I, I think I've mentioned it before, especially around sort of the, the, the lead up to, um, premieres and stuff like that um that that you're definitely able to make it out there and now like we've gotten to go like you've gotten to yeah go to i've been there you, yeah you went to darth uh, mall returns yeah the yeah. darth mall one i uh, out at the the presidio i believe right yeah yeah, yeah so digital art center man yeah and yeah, I, or the letterman digital art center uh, george lucas was there himself right Oh, yeah. He was right there, right? Yeah. A few rows behind me watching because uh, his daughter was the one that wrote the story. Yeah. Uh, 
So Katie Lucas. So yeah, she was there. He was yeah. there. And man, I tell you what, unbelievable event. I mean, we were treated with like VIPs. It was incredible. That was the best because like that was yeah. the same night. Like everybody kind of went on the same night all over. Mm-hmm. I wish they would do another one of those. It was so yeah, cool right. that they did that. Um, and I really wish that they would do more of that sort of thing. Uh, maybe for the season premieres and finales. Obviously, yeah. they, they do their thing at Star Wars Celebration now with the premieres. But um, but it would be really cool to give everybody else some access. Because uh, it was like I drove down to Seattle with my buddy Jeff. And uh, we like for that Darth Maul thing. And we got to watch the whole thing all at once, back to back. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Uh, I shouldn't say Darth Maul. It was it was Savage Press, but it ended with Darth Maul. Oh, it's true. Yeah, um, true. right. Uh, with the reveal that Darth Maul was still alive, which was crazy. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, like we got. I got. Uh, I have a. I have a Darth Maul USB. A little memo about Darth Maul USB that was given out as part of that. That event, um, and that was really cool and really fun. And actually, like Tracy was at the one in Seattle, so when I went down, I got to to see oh, okay. her, and that was really yeah. cool. Um, I wish they would do more stuff like that. I really wish that they would, and and give us like some more events around Rebels, because uh, they've never really done anything specifically for Rebels. Um, right. Treated they did Clone Wars, yeah. It was they all did, Clone yeah, Wars. they did Clone yeah. Wars, but um, it would be really cool to get something like that again, but. But, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. They're so yeah. focused on the movies. They're so yeah. focused on the movies. Well, yeah, yeah. And and that's exactly what was going on. It, like I said earlier, you know, it was a Rogue One. They got 30 minutes, and, of course, everybody came out with yeah. a lot of positive things to say. Uh, of course, you can't really tell on a, on a two-hour movie in 30 minutes, but everything yeah. that was coming out of there was super positive. And, and I, I, I will yeah. bet the 30 minutes that they saw were, was an extension of what we've seen in the, in the trailers and TV spots. Um, they said the first, yeah, they saw about the first 20 minutes of the movie apparently. Yeah. And then they chopped up a bunch of stuff for the extra few minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I don't, I don't suspect that they saw too much that will spoil things. But, no. Uh, no. But yeah. Uh, but that, was, that was cool, though. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to be invited in the future. So if anybody <laughs> from Lucasfilm is listening right now, we would love to get that invite. But at the same time, we're very thankful to Lucasfilm for everything. That we, so I don't want to sound like like we're like everybody else gets to go to the thing and we don't get to go. It's like, <laughs> nah, well, yeah. it, I'm sure that it was a pretty full house. And uh, yeah. and we're not IGN, and we're not uh, Jedi News, and we're not uh, Rebel Force right. Radio. All the big companies. Yeah, yeah we're sure. I, you know like if you're listening to this, you're not some mainstream Star Wars fan. You're not even one of those like like uh, every face in the crowd at Star Wars Celebration Star Wars fans. If you're listening to this, you are probably one of the people that that at Star Wars Celebration like sees Matt or I in a line and is like, oh my God. Or you're one of the people at our panel. <laughs> hardcore. Uh, yeah, and yeah. that means that you are the hardest of the hardcore. Um, and, like uh, us, yeah. yeah, like you that means that you're probably like rocking a Star Wars, uh, sorry, a Rebels podcast t-shirt or maybe even a Frontlines t-shirt. Uh, and that means that you're probably like the coolest Star Wars fan there is. So, <laughs> you know, sure, we, sure. what we make, what we lack in, in numbers, I think we make up for in quality yeah, sheer quality. Cause you know what? We also don't get a lot of stupid comments and questions in our email and on our Facebook. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we get, we get the good stuff. We get people like noticing things and it's the same over on, over on quiver. It's like, um, 
Oh, look, Quiver has a huge audience, but I, yeah. I, on Quiver, like the people that we talk to on a regular basis are the smart Arrow fans. We're mm-hmm. not, we're not uh, dealing with the people who just want to see uh, uh, pretty people make kissy faces. Um, <laughs> we're, so, we're talking to the people who are hardcore uh, DC Comics fans and that sort of thing. So it's the yeah. same thing. It's the same thing here and there. Like that's what Thunder Quack does, right? right? We got the with the hardest of the hardcore, hardcore so, yeah <clears throat> i can't complain you guys are you guys are awesome you guys support us on patreon people are buying t-shirts left right and center as and and other stuff uh matt matt uh, campbell just uh i got uh saw a couple shirts he bought got, yeah he got yeah. two shirts yeah. on over black friday weekend uh my shirt should actually be arriving any minute uh any day um tomorrow or thursday i think uh, is when it's supposed to show up i'm super excited to get that i yeah. also got the phone case uh oh, nice. with the nice. with the canaan art which uh, which i think i talked about that last week right yeah oh yeah for yeah. sure yeah. yeah yeah everybody should go to store.thunderquack.com check out the rebels podcast store specifically and uh and pick up something awesome um i think i think the next design that i will do for rebels podcast there are a few other designs sort of in the queue for other shows but the next one that i'm going to do for rebels podcast will be along the same vein as the two that we have right now which is the we've got the the season two phoenix the the sort of the larger phoenix design that uh that sabine did mm-hmm. in season two right. and then and then as i was talking about the the Kanan logo um i think the next thing that i'm going to do is probably the uh the j guys the, oh, okay yeah the, the captain rex mm-hmm. uh, j guys because that's kind of dual purpose right because that's that's captain rex but now it's also kanan so um and it's also just a general uh, uh mandalorian reference so i think people will really like that but uh i'm re- i'm kind of digging this this it's it was sort of an a- accidental aesthetic it wasn't until i realized like until i posted the kanan one and then saw them side by side that i was like oh i'm just like I'm just taking like the artwork, like the symbols and stuff like that, and the artwork from from Rebels, and and putting them on T-shirts with the Rebels podcast logo, somehow incorporated into it, and uh, and so now that I have like a theme, we'll we'll keep sort of building on that. Yeah. And so we can do that, and then um, uh, Ezra had that that logo on the back of his vest in season one and two that uh that maybe we'll get to and, and mm-hmm. maybe maybe something from sabine's armor oh yeah all that there sort of go. thing so we'll I, i'm gonna like I, I really enjoy doing them i really enjoy um um designing these uh these well not i'm not really designing them i'm just kind of kind of recreating them but uh, mm-hmm. putting our own spin on them as well a little yeah bit. for sure um but yeah well and like like you said earlier about the hardcore stuff if, if you're a hardcore fan you're probably going to be uh, tuning in to the live premiere on December 10th, this Saturday, for mm-hmm. Rogue One. It's going to be a stream, I believe, on StarWars.com. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure all the hardcore fans, like myself, will be yeah. checking out the premiere and seeing how, what's going on there. I'm gonna, so. it's, it's a Christmas tradition now. I'm going to be yeah, uh, yeah. stringing up the, the Christmas tree, like putting the putting lights on the Christmas tree mm-hmm. um, while I watch the, the red carpet. Um, yeah. And if they continue live streaming the red carpet every year, that's that's my plan yeah. in perpetuity is to is to, to <laughs> sort go. of save that. So <clears throat> as long as they're doing red carpets in December, that's when I'm doing the Christmas tree. 
Nice. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that on Saturday. So we'll yeah, probably talk sure. about that uh, next week. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, my <clears throat> real hope, my real hope for that is that we get um, some episode eight news on mm-hmm. the red carpet. I don't know if they will because they'll obviously want to focus on Rogue One, but uh, but it would be really cool, really really cool to get um, the title. Title. Or something. It'd be really yeah. nice to get yeah. the title and maybe a teaser. Yeah. Oh, geez, that'd be awesome. I, oh, the, you have to imagine because this time last year we already had a teaser. Did yeah. we have a teaser for Rogue One? We did, right? Oh, I thought you, I thought you were going to talk about uh, the Force, Force Awakens, Awakens. We definitely did. We had that in like November. That was of November. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when was the first teaser for for Rogue One? That's a good question. I don't know if it was this early. Um, I don't. I mean, we I saw was, a teaser at Star Wars Celebration in April of 2015. Right, but, right. Uh, well, they've still never shown that. That better be on the Blu-ray because yeah. it would be a shame because it's such a great teaser. It would be a shame if, like, we are the only ones who ever see it. Those of us who are at... I mean, like, people have seen bootleg videos of it. But <clears throat> yeah. um, it would be a real shame if that never got release, released. Yeah. Uh, that was that was man. Talk about a way to pump up the crowd, and and yeah, it yeah. did totally blew us away when we were sitting there. That's for sure. We weren't expecting that, so that was really cool. Um, I guess other than that, anything you wanted to mention before we go on, Mike? Uh, no, no. I think that's it. I think we're all right. Let's do the recap. Defeat an enemy, you must learn them. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Carabas. Now it's time for the Rebels Recap. Rebel! Yeah! All right, folks, we're getting ready to start an inside man. Here we go. It is nightfall when the Lothal Rebels, Kanan Jarrus, Ezra Bridger, and Chopper embark on an undercover mission on the planet Lothal. The three Rebels are waiting for their local contact, Ryder Azadi. Chopper then spots Ryder's Landspeeder being pursued by two Imperial speeder bikes and an AT DP walker. Ezra and Kanan jump into uh, Ryder's speeder while Chopper jets his rocket booster. Ryder's speeder is pursued by the two speeder bikes on the highway. When Ezra asks about the bikes, Ryder assures him that they don't need to outrun them because they just need to wait for the bikes to get to 190 kilometers an hour. When Kanan asks if testing goes up to 190, Ryder tells them to wait and watch. True to Ryder's promise, the speeder bike's engines overheat and the vehicles explode. When Ezra praises Ryder's work, Ryder responds that he borrowed the idea from a friend. So, Mike, we start off and we're back on Lothal, which I actually liked. I'm like, this is cool. We're back on Lothal. And wow, has Lothal definitely change yes over the last few i mean last few seasons i mean even ezra makes a comment about it but yeah you know for all intents and purposes um like you said it's become a war factory now that whole planet is just they're just building you know uh ships and and all kinds of just war stuff like you said, yeah. i think they even say that you know it's a war factory so uh definitely a big change in that and then we also got the return of rider azadi mike so what do you think about the uh the first part here yeah, it was uh, it was a cool sort of reintroduction to some characters to to Ryder and Ryder, yeah, and sure. uh, it was nice to have a little bit of action right up front in the episode. It feels like the last couple weeks we've been a little bit. I I don't know. Like it's just been. It, it hasn't quite had the same flair that mm-hmm. uh, that some of the earlier seasons had. So <clears throat> it was cool to kind of get back to that. 
Um, oh yeah, for sure. But I, uh, I nice to have Ryder back. Nice to nice to be back on Lothal. It just felt really familiar. I think that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, is that, right. is that like it just felt like uh, like old Star Wars Rebels, uh, which is funny to say because it's only been around for a few years. But um, but yeah, it was cool to do that. I'm just I just want to say really quick. Uh, I did. I did, while the the intro was playing there, um, I did double check when we got our first teaser, and the first teaser for Rogue One was actually the one that was released at Star Wars Celebration on April seventh. Oh, okay. So, um, other than the one that we saw at Celebration in twenty fifteen, right, right, okay. So, hmm. who knows? Maybe they're not going to show us anything. Right until next year. Yeah, yeah. Could be. That would be a bit of a bummer. But that's uh, a bummer. <laughs> Way to bum it out. Way to bum me out. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, so yeah, I, I did, I, I enjoyed this episode a lot, actually. Yeah, so did I. So did um, I. it was yeah. nice to kind of get back to, I think, what Rebels does best. Yeah. Um, well, you talk about like, what he does best, and man, talk about a really slick chase scene with, uh, with Ryder, and you had yeah. Ezra and Kanan kind of balancing on, on the, uh, land speeder there. And as they go through the legs of the ATDP, uh, they both use their lightsabers. Kind of, man, I really thought that was cool. Um, I was yeah. like, okay, here we go. Some slick action. Um, and I was immediately into this episode, and I loved I really did enjoy this episode. So um, good stuff. And to have Ryder back and Kanan and, and Ezra and back on Lothal, and, and we'll talk yeah. about Thrawn in a few minutes here. So yeah, go ahead, Mike. Sure. We'll continue. <clears throat> the rebels travel to Ryder's hideout in the Lothal wilderness. There, Ezra encounters an old friend, the farmer Morad Sumar. When Ryder asks Ezra about his plan, Ezra explains that the Phoenix Squadron is enlisting help from another rebel cell to take out the local, uh, sorry, the Lothal City Imperial Armory complex on Lothal. Ezra says that his source, Fulcrum, has told him that the Empire is developing a new weapon. Morad and a disguised Kanan and Ezra enter the Imperial Factory, which manufactures AT-AT walkers and TIE fighters. Governor Price, Agent Callis, and Lieutenant Yogar List have uh, sorry have summoned the workers at the factory at yeah the factory for an inspection. Callis tells the workers to look sharp because they have been honored to receive an inspection from Imperial High Command. The inspector turns out to be Grand Admiral Thrawn, who does not regard his visit as an honor. So Thrawn shows up and uh, he's gonna show that he's actually not someone to be trifled with so this is what <laughs> yeah. we were talking about exactly lot, yeah. that, like thrawn yeah. needed to kind of do something in order to get our attention and mm-hmm. uh, and that is exactly what happens in this episode so yeah well you mentioned uh, also some more people that we've seen in previous seasons and yeah. um the old man uh the, the old farmer sumar murad sumar um, the old farmer from season one, that was a fight or flight, I believe the episode he was in. So he's back. And, and this is pretty crazy because now here we get to the story about, you know, not only do we have the ghost crew and the rebel Alliance gaining, but even, um, these small cells, like the one that writers is involved in here, he's got these guys infiltrating the empire here and screwing up <laughs> some of the, you know, some of the, the bikes and the ATATs and the ATDPs and stuff like that. So man, they, it is starting to get crazy with um, the, with the rebellion and just people starting to rebel. Period against the empire. So I thought that was yeah. really cool to see them uh, to see them do that. Um, and you talk about Thrawn, Mike. Let's let's get to it, I'll, and we'll talk about this next scene here. Thrawn tells the workers that vehicles produced by the Lothal factory have a far higher rate of malfunctioning 
than the ones produced at others. Thrawn then summons Murad, who answers to the comm number worker 5473. Thrawn then tells Murad that the 614 AVA speeder bike on display was the last model that he had personally inspected. He then asks Morad to demonstrate how quickly it can reach full speed. Morad starts the bike up while Thrawn uses a simulator to bring it to full speed. The bike's engines overheat, uh, begin to overheat and Morad is unable to stop the bike. However, Thrawn is not finished um, with the demonstration and brings it to full power. The bike explodes and Morad is killed. Uh, now that he has gained the workers' attention, Thrawn warns them that whatever they build, they will test personally. He predicts their malfunction rate will drop substantially. Thrawn then orders Callus, List, and the Governor and Governor Price to ensure that nobody leaves the factory because he wishes to inspect the line for sabotage. Worker fifty four seventy three, you were pressed into the Empire service. Yes, sir. After losing my farm. Do you stand by your work? I do. This 624 AVA is the last bike you personally inspected and assembled. Please, demonstrate for me how quickly it can achieve full speed. Demonstration is not yet over. Now that I have your attention, know this. Whatever you built here, you will test personally. I expect your malfunction rates have dropped substantially. See to it that no one leaves or enters the facility. I wish to inspect the line for sabotage. Okay, Mike, and like you said, this is the Thrawn that we've all thought we were going to get, right? And he's finally here, and man, he shows no uh, hesitation in, in, in kind of telling... Here's the thing. I think he... Obviously, he knows that... that Morad is probably the saboteur, at least one of them. So he executes him right in front of everybody, and he this he was all he was behind this thing the whole time. I think he knew. So, but it, it's funny how he starts by asking. He, he goes, "Hey, worker fifty four seventy three, who is who is Morad?" Right? He says, um, "You know, he talks about him being pressed into service, which is meaning you know he was forced in to do this work." So. Um, after losing his farm. So he lost his farm. So Thrawn, like I said, Thrawn knows. I mean, he's got to know that this guy is pissed off. He lost his farm. He's being forced to work. Of course, they're, you're going to find some that are going to go against it. And you go, you know what? If I have to do this, I'm going to screw it up and I'm going to, I'm going to take some people with me, even though he's working with, with, um, with, uh, Ryder, there's still that, um, motivation to, to get back at Thrawn. So, and, and I think Thrawn figures it out. I mean, you think he knows uh, what's going on here, Mike, as far as at least this guy? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I just always assume that Thrawn knows exactly what's happening. Um, yeah. if he gets surprised at some point in this season, I think we'll know it. They'll go to great <laughs> yeah. lengths to like show us that that's exactly what's happening. Um, yeah, yeah no, 
Thrawn is like 10 steps ahead of them at all times. That's sort of his character. That's like his superpower, right? Yeah. Um, right. I mean, like it, it, like you said, like it doesn't take a genius to figure this out, which yeah. is why I'll, I'll give them this one because they didn't bother to like sort of show us the A to B, how Thrawn comes to this conclusion, because this is the sort of thing that we can all sort of watch and go, yeah, obviously, obviously, um, Thrawn has figured out that these guys are doing this. It doesn't. Yeah. Like said, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. Um, well, you know, you say that, and also he says, I, I think he says in the be just before this actual scene, he talks about um, that he has researched vehicles, and he has found out that in this particular factory, or what do you want to call it, this particular faction. That you know the rate of bad bikes and bad stuff coming out is way higher than anywhere else. So this is again showing Thrawn is smarter than the average because he's looking at just little things like this, like you know production and malfunctioning. And why is malfunctioning so bad over here? That's why he's here, and he's going to find out um, yeah. a lot more what's going on. So uh, go ahead, Mike. I want to keep going? Uh, yeah. Sorry. Where are we now? A stormtrooper? Uh, yeah, a stormtrooper orders the workers to present their ID cards for verification. Kanan and Ezra decide to get lost, and Chopper, at, uh, uh, at Ezra's urging, starts a commotion. This distracts the Imperials and allows Kanan and Ezra to flee down the hallway and proceed on their mission to find out what the Empire is up to. The two rebels run into a stormtrooper and a scout trooper, who remind the workers they have not yet been dismissed. Ezra and Kanan knock out the Imperials and steal their uniforms. Meanwhile, Governor Price asks whether the rebels have infiltrated Section A2 uh, <clears throat> and warns that the secrets of that product are imperative. Thrawn responds that he has ordered anyone trying to enter that area without his personal code to be terminated on site. Callus explains that he could question the workers, but that he can't determine whether they are lying without information on that classified pro uh, project. Price responds that all Callus needs to know is that the Admiral has a new fighter initiative. Thrawn then asks a worker to demonstrate an ATDP walker, which quickly collapses. Despite the worker's protest, Thrawn gestures for his stormtroopers to arrest the man. So um, we're get, starting to get a little hint, um, mm -hmm. and we've sort we've discussed this. Obviously, Callus is Fulcrum. Um, right. I, I've been saying this since the trailer. Yeah. Uh, that that Callus is is Fulcrum. Um, but in this episode, we get like full on a hundred percent confirmation in that he tells us in a minute. Um, so I just say that now to say that it's very obvious to me that in this scene, Callus is trying to get information out of them on oh, something yeah. that's classified, so that yeah. he can pass it on to the rebels. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and, that, and this is the point where I go, wait a minute, because she talks about secret plan or secret yeah. project, and immediately you know you think. Oh, you think Death Star? Death Star, yeah. and not necessarily constructing it, but maybe like parts or yeah, you, you know, know, hey, yeah, you know, like what may, they might be building part of it. Yeah, you right? know, we were building toilets for the Death Star or something. I don't know, but you yeah. know what I mean, like just some kind of part. So I thought they were going there, but we'll find out what they're actually doing. But I thought, oh, and you're right, Callus, he's doing a probing, and he's and he's trying to probe without obviously showing his hand. And I and I forgot to mention too, and that just on that clip. Um, as far as what Thrawn was doing and what he did to Maradi is, or to Marad, there was, if you look closely and it's kind of quick, even Callus has a surprised look on his face 
when uh, you know when the bike blows up and, and he's killed. Even you know, like I said, even Thrawn has this like, whoa, okay, uh, Thrawn is is not fooling around anymore. So I need to kind of maybe check myself and and be extra careful. And and he's doing it here. He's probing, but he's not going too far. And and all of us that are watching it, okay, here we go. You know, I talked about Fulcrum yeah. and and. And here, well, actually, I'll wait. I'll wait till we get there. We'll talk about more about um, Callus and, and and his uh, motivations here. Uh, back at Ryder's Rebel encampment, he tells Hera that the factory is on full lockdown and that he can't reach Ezra and Kanan. He warns Hera that the new Imperial in charge is pretty thorough, and that he has red eyes. Hera recognizes the new Imperial officer as Grand Admiral Thrawn. Meanwhile, Ezra, uh, Kanan, and Chopper hide while stormtroopers. Admit an Imperial astromech droid into Section A2. Kanan suggests using one of the Imperial astromech droids. When one turns up, Kanan tells the droid that it is in a restricted area and that they need to see his clearance code. When the droid withdraws his clearance code, Chopper electrocutes the droid with his stinger and steals the code. So uh, that's, again, their easy way to get... It's, it's all about these codes, right? And, you know, Thrawn talks about if anybody doesn't use my code, you know, deal with them and the codes and the co so all you need is a code and it's easy to get one because these little uh, probe droids are running around with them all the time so pretty easy for them to uh to yeah, grab one of those sure. <laughs> uh, go ahead michael we'll continue Set uh, this one for me. yeah thrawn inspects images of ezra hera sabine's mandalorian graffiti and a jedi temple guard's helmet when lieutenant list and callus enter he asks them about one of sabine's artworks List merely remarks that it looks like the section of a retaining wall, while the more astute Agent Callus recognizes it as the markings of the Phoenix Squadron. When Thrawn asks if they have found any more subversives, List informs him that two of the workers have gone missing after his speech and that they left behind their uniforms. When Callus asks Thrawn whether he thinks that the rebels are more than saboteurs, he responds that the rebels are after the contents of Section A2 and orders Callus to secure it. Lieutenant, what can you tell me about this? Uh, it looks like a section of the retaining wall, sir. Uh, Agent Callus. It's the mark of the Phoenix Squadron, a creature of flight rising in flames, a symbol of their commitment to victory. It is that, and more. I've seen it everywhere, marking territory. It is a commitment. But to this world specifically, these rebels have an attachment to this place and will always return. Sir, have you found more subversives? Actually, sir, we've um, lost some. Uh, two workers went missing after your speech. We found their uniforms. I am confident we will locate them once we issue an alert. No, I think not. The defectors will have new disguises by now. They'll hide as technicians or troopers to gather data and escape. So you think the rebels are more than just saboteurs? Indeed I do, Agent Callus. These rebels are after information likely heading to Section A2. Secure it. So, Mike, I wanted to play this because um, I just wanted to show that, again, Callus is, is living up to what we thought he was going to do. And I love the fact that he brings these two in. And you get to see the difference between a lieutenant... Um, Callus, who's an agent, who's Agent Callus, who's who's been around and he and he's a little more advanced than you know, like a lieutenant, and of course 
grad animal Thrawn, you know, Lieutenant comes in, he goes, oh, it's a wall. Like, really? Mm-hmm. And then he asked, he asked Callus, and Callus actually does a good job of explaining, like, you know, you got artwork here, and this is about the rebels, and and Thrawn goes, yeah, you know, he picks it up, but it's even more than that. So I, I, I just wanted to point that out because I love the way that that Thrawn kind of pulls out the information from these or tries to get information about this, and and ultimately it comes down to Thrawn sees that you know the rebels have an attachment to Lothal now. I mean, again, with a lot of the the artwork and and stuff like that, he realizes that Lothal is very important to uh, to this ghost crew at at at, at least, right? So uh, he's starting to figure things out. Again, Callus is starting to ask some questions about you know what he thinks he should do. You know, are they saboteurs? So he's you know again, Callus is trying to get a little information too. But uh, again, Thrawn is starting to figure this thing out. So I kind of like to, I wanted to play that just to kind of remind everybody uh, we're seeing a really cool villain right now figure things out right in front of us. So um, you want any comments, Mike? You want to continue? No, yeah, no, I think you hit it all. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, you, you go ahead. You want me to take this one? Okay. Yeah. Uh, while waiting for Chopper, Ezra and Kanan come across the Stormtrooper Patrol. Ezra claims that he, uh, he and his comrade mistook Section A2 for Section B-17. While the commander doesn't buy it, Ezra and Kanan take advantage of Lieutenant Lice's uh, visit to order a lockdown uh, to make their escape. The Stormtrooper Corporal and his men pursue three the three undercover rebels. However, they encounter Agent Callus inside a turbo lift. Callus manages to stop the fight and by telling them that he is Fulcrum and states the phrase code by the light of Lothal's moons. Callus tells Ezra and Kanan that he is trying to save them. Callus tells them that their droid can upload the comlinks from this port and that they will provide the access codes. With the approval of Callus, Ezra throws the Imperial Security Bureau agent through the glass uh, monitor, uh, through the glass board to convince the Imperials that he put up a fight against the rebels. Listen to me. I am Fulcrum. <laughs> yeah, right. You want us to believe that? By the light of Lothal's moons. The code phrase. What? He's Fulcrum? Your friend Zeb trusted me on the ice moon. I saved Sabine Wren at the Fighter Academy, and now I'm trying to save you. But you have to trust me. Your droid trusts me. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Fine. You want to help us so badly? We need to get a signal to our friends. Then we'll have to move quickly. Oh, you could have warned me you were going to do that. Where's the fun in that? Your droid can open your comlinks from this port. I'll provide the access codes. He doesn't need them? This C1 of yours is quite efficient. Figures chopping along with an Imperial spy. Ryder, it's Kanan. You there? Closer than you think. We're about to hit the East Gate. Give you a chance to escape. You'll need to move if you want to make it out. We will. And thanks. Make for the East Vehicle Pool. You'll find a walker there you can escape in. Now, I just have to make this look convincing. Okay. Ezra! What? That is convincing. Yeah, but I was gonna do it. Well, if he's one of us now, you'll get your chance. I tell you what, man, I, I love that ending there. But here it is, Mike. I had to play that, of course, because Agent Callus is telling us that he is Fulcrum. He has the phrase, 
And I got to tell you, Mike, I was a, a, a part of me kind of knew that was coming, but still a part of me was a little surprised. I thought when I heard him say that, I was like, oh, yes, you know, like I think a lot of people had that same reaction because it was just that that final confirmation because I tell you what, they have done a pretty good job, this writing team of kind of back and forth with Cal with Callis, right? Like you thought maybe, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, we thought maybe his debt was kind of paid and he was gonna kind of go back. But, you know, you, you know, like he says, he say, he helped save um, Sabine at one point. And so I just thought they did a good job of kind of having him toe the line, if you will. And we do, we finally get it. And I tell you what, even, Everybody is kind of shocked, and and this goes to, as far as like the rebels, um, even the ghost crew is kind of in the dark about some of the stuff. You know, Hera had, Hera was totally surprised that he was Fulcrum, and it looks yeah. like the other two as well. He knew the code, the code phrase, so that kind of cemented it for them. But wow, um, Mike, you said it for a while now. That's what you thought. Uh, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, this is this is really something that's been building since last season when the two of uh, when Zeb and and Callus uh, were stuck on that ice cave, right? In that ice cave on, on that moon. Um, so it's nice to see it sort of come to fruition. Uh, I, it's it's also cool to see that um, not all Imperials are evil. Right. right. There yeah. are many Imperials, and, and certainly a lot of the ones that we see and a lot of the ones that we deal with have a very um, skewed morality. But there are a few of them that uh, that are actually much more sympathetic uh, than than you would think. And, and I think that at the end of the day, that's really the Empire's downfall, right? Mm-hmm. Even more than... Luke Skywalker destroying the Death Star, or, um, or you know, I, I, uh, Vader defeating the Emperor. I think the greatest failure of of the Empire is is in its sort of tyrannical fascist rule, mm-hmm. because um, the Republic stood for a thousand years or a thousand generations, depending on who you who you listen to, um, mm-hmm. which are two very different things, but. <laughs> yeah. um, Let's go with the thousand generations. And uh, that's because it was a peaceful republic, right? It, it it did its best to serve the people. And the Jedi were certainly part of that. But with the Empire, it is sub, subjugation and power, right? Like that's that's sort of the whole purpose of the Empire is is to consolidate power and that's why you see them doing things like building weapons and and military uh uh, sort of advancement Mm -hmm. um being their their chief sort of tactic right um it's not about it's not necessarily about having the best weapons it's but it's definitely about having the most and i think in that in that sort of um arrogance uh of expansion mm-hmm. that I, I the empire ends up meeting its demise because when you really look at it you start to break it down look at this season right um agent callus is switching sides we had a story earlier this season about wedge antilles and and his yeah. team switching True. sides yeah. <clears throat> they're not the first ones and they're not the last because big stark later also defects from an imperial flight right. academy so Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it appears that there are stories all over the place. And I think that that's sort of one of the things that, and uh, you know, um, 
Han Solo's now legends yeah, uh, right. origin story say involves that, yeah. him defecting from the Empire, and uh, and you look at, at uh, 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 K2SO. Um, we don't fully know the story behind that, but K2SO is an Imperial droid that appears to be working for Cassian Andor, right? We don't know. We don't know how that happened. Um, we don't know if Cassian was once an Imperial and took K2SO with him. We don't know if Cassian reprogrammed K2SO to take him with him, right? Mm-hmm. I, th- I, I think that we'll probably learn a little bit of that in Rogue One, but I don't know that we'll necessarily get the whole story. But mm-hmm. um, there's definitely a connection there as well, right? And this is... And, and, and you know, Bail Organa's working within the Senate to feed information the imperial senate to feed information to the rebellion so um there are people all over the galaxy that are disenfranchised and fighting back and that um i think that's pretty relatable i uh, i think yeah. that that's uh, that that's sort of um the 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 story of of uh, every society at some yeah. point or another um yeah. but yeah it's uh it's 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 really cool to see this story play out from start to finish we didn't come in at the end like we did with the wedge story we right. didn't we didn't it's not backstory like it is with han solo or big's light dark lighter right um it's this is actually happening in front of our eyes we went from hating agent callus to now sympathizing with him or we went from hating him to sympathizing with him and now we're cheering for him yeah right yeah um and I think that's a really interesting character arc. I think Agent Callus has actually become one of my favorite characters on the show as a result of this because he's dynamic and he's interesting. Oh, yeah. Right? It's so good. Um, yeah. And that his his morality uh, supersedes his loyalty to the Empire. And I think that that's a really interesting character trait. Yeah. And it leads, uh, you know, a lot of those theories about um, admirals and Empire, man, it just makes those sound even a little more plausible so yeah uh, i'll continue back in his office thrawn has learned that an unauthorized droid has accessed the computer in a2 and deduces that the rebels have acquired his plans lieutenant yogar list then calls thrawn to inform him that the rebels are attacking the east gate reasoning that the rebel infiltrators will take advantage of the attack to escape thrawn tells list that they will play the rebels game meanwhile ezra kanan and chopper slip unnoticed into an ATDP walker behind this back. Ezra and Kanan's ATDP walker uh, 216 approaches the AT-AT walkers from behind. When the AT-AT or ADAT pilot asks what they are doing here, Ezra claims that they are uh, there for reinforcement. However, Thrawn warns the pilot that the walker 216 is under rebel control and orders his AT-AT to destroy it. Uh, Mike, go ahead and continue. Uh, we'll uh, talk about this sure. whole uh, Ezra manages to move his walker under one of the AT-ATs, but the walker proceeds to crush them under its legs. Ezra and Kanan use their lightsabers to cut a hole and board the AT-AT. Meanwhile, Marita fires another rocket that hits one of the front legs of Ezra and Kanan's hijacked AT-AT walker, causing it to topple. Ezra, Kanan, and Chopper escape through the, through the roof of the downed walker. Ryder is relieved to see that his friends are alive, but remarks that he thought that they would have been in the smaller walker. When Ryder asks about Morad, Ezra tells him that he did not make it. So I got to tell you, I don't know that I've ever seen this, whether it's been in movies or video game or anything, but to see the the, the AT-AT, the ADA, actually go to its knees to crush 
an ATDP, I thought that was brilliant. I was like, oh yeah. man, that was awesome. To think that, you know, you think that these these adat walkers are kind of limited as far as um, what they can do as far as, uh, you know, fle- not necessarily flexibility, but... Like their mobility. Their mobility is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah. And then to see them do that, you're like, oh, wow, that was great, you know? So I, I really love that part of it. And just uh, the whole... Uh, back and forth with Ezra and Kanan jumping from one one to the other. Even it even confused Ryder, who was shooting at the wrong one when they, when they finally got up yeah. into the to the attack. He was shooting at the wrong guy. So I just wanted to say that I just I love that portion where uh, they crushed it by just going on its knees. That was really cool. Um, I'll continue. After escaping back to Ryder's encampment, Hera and Sabine discover that the secret Imperial plans are the blueprints of a new Tie interceptor with shields. Hera notes that ties have never been built with uh, shields before. Zebs deduces that this is this project a secret. If the new tie fighter is uh, produced in large numbers, Hera and Kanan fear that it will endanger their pilots and the rebellion. Sabine is shocked that Callus is Fulcrum, while Zeb deduces that he must have accidentally recruited him on Bayron. However, uh, Hera, however, advises caution with their new friend until they know what game. He is playing. So here's the big thing, Mike. Uh, the secret plans are of not necessarily a TIE Interceptor. I believe it was confirmed by Pablo in the Rebels Recon. It's a TIE Defender. Yes. Uh, can you confirm that, Mike? That's yep. right, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they talk about, you know, everybody. At first I was like, okay, um, a TIE Defender. Uh, you know, maybe some of you are asking the same thing, you know, we thought it might have been something bigger than that, but it's a tie defender. Like, okay, what's the big deal? Well, actually, it is a pretty big deal because not only does this uh, tie ship have a hyperdrive, it has shields, and it is actually the fastest of all the ties that are built. It is the fastest. So you're talking about speed, uh, you're talking about shields, and you're talking about hyperdrive. And this is something that you just don't see in ties. And this is huge because normally a tie has to stay with. A bigger ship, whether it's a Death Star or another Imperial cruiser, you know, because it can't go very yeah. far. You know, even you know, even uh, Obi Wan mentions it, or is it Han? You know, what's a Tie doing this far out? You can't come out this far. So this is huge for the for the Empire here. They make these things, man. I tell you what, this is why Kanan and Hera are so like, oh crap. You know, if they make this thing, X wings are going to be nothing against this right yeah i mean they're they're gonna have some serious firepower so um yeah this that's obviously why the big deal mike you want to add anything to that no no i think you you, yeah you you hit it on the head right um these things i the key right now to the rebellion's uh good fortune is is that they have superior ships Mm. um the tie fighters are small and they're faster um, which is what prompts Admiral Akbar to design the A-wing, and 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 uh, uh, you know we don't know necessarily if that's still canon, but um, but it was definitely you know s- sort of uh, part of the backstory of Return of the Jedi and why we didn't see those ships until then. Um, obviously, we're seeing them pre A New Hope at this point, but. Um, that was sort of the idea is that the A-Wing was an interceptor to match the TIE interceptor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. because where the Rebels outgunned them with 
uh, stronger fighters that uh, packed more firepower and and had um, shields and hyperdrives. The Empire, because they didn't have to worry about the hyperdrives um, or the shields, were able to manufacture their ties in larger numbers and carry them aboard Star Destroyers, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. it's kind of a one-two punch. It's bad enough going up against a Star Destroyer, yeah. and then it spews out you know 50 TIE Fighters, and your six X-Wings are now... Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, the odds have been turned against them. So for the idea that the Empire could manufacture... Like, sort of, they've been building and building and building their manufacturing capability... Um, they've now built it up and and the idea that they could possibly be implementing these uh, TIE Defenders with shields is a very scary thought because they have the manufacturing capability to outnumber X-Wings very quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it is a very scary thought for the Rebels. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they have good reason to be scared and, uh, and we'll see... We'll see what happens with that and what stops them. Because, yeah, because yeah, they have the plans, right? So what are they going to yeah. do with it now? So uh, yeah. interesting, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll have, we'll have to wait and see exactly how that plays out, and the reason why Tie Defenders aren't everywhere by the time we hit yeah, the new hope exactly. Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that they've thought about that. Yeah, they've made such a big deal about it that um, it would be pretty bad writing. To then come back and be like, and then they we never heard from them again. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, there's got to be a payoff here. This is definitely some big stuff. So uh, you want to finish it up, Mike, and we'll. Uh, um, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, where are we here? Uh, back. Yeah, back at the Imperial. Sorry, I didn't scroll down far enough. <laughs> back at Imperial headquarters, Thrawn talks to Callus and confirms that his encounter with the Jedi was helpful. After analyzing the Rebels' escape. Thrawn deduces that the Rebels had help from someone within the Imperial ranks. When Governor Price expresses shock that the Rebels have a mole uh, and uh, and calls for all Imperial personnel to be interrogated, Thrawn advises patience and warns her that acting out of emotion will not work. Instead, the Grand Admiral advises them to wait and watch for the spy to make his next move. Addressing Agent Callus... He tells the Imperial Security Bureau agent that he shall turn an obstacle into an asset. Thank you, Lieutenant. Dismissed. Agent Callis, I read your report. Several troopers confirmed your encounter with the Jedi. It was very helpful. Do you know, after analyzing the Rebels' escape, it's clear to me they had help from one within our Imperial ranks. The Rebels have a mole? And all personnel must be interrogated. This spy must be found. Patience, Governor. Acting out of emotion will not serve us here. We must wait and watch. And when we find our spy, and we will find them, we shall turn them from an obstacle to an asset. Wouldn't you agree, Agent Gallus? Your strategy is without flaw, Grand Admiral. As always... Ah, uh, Mike, I don't know. I'm starting to get a little nervous for Asian Callus. Um, and here's the great thing about Thrawn's line. He goes, you know, hey, Price is getting freaking out. You know, we got to find us. And, and Thrawn's like, hey, hold on. When we find this person, um, we're going to turn this person into, I think, he believe, I think he says asset, right? So yeah. 
you know, he's if he does find out, let's just let's just say he does find out it's Callus, he's gonna make Callus do something against um, the rebels, and it's gonna cause this obviously this um, problem with him. You know, how is he gonna deal with that? But I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm starting to get a little nervous for him, Mike. What do you think? You think uh, Thrawn is on to him? What do you think? I uh, yeah, I think Thrawn has a pretty good idea. Yeah. Like I said earlier this episode, assume that Thrawn knows everything that's going on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he's just kind of waiting out and biding his time and looking for the, uh, I guess, right opportunity to uh, yeah. to maybe flush out Callus and we'll see what happens. But, man, woo! I, you know, with the music and the organ and, and just him, man, man, I tell you what, this was, again, a really good episode. We talked about it. Um, I thought uh, stepping up and, and especially – this one and the next one, we'll talk about the next one in a minute here. But man, they're they're I really enjoyed this one. Um, after a couple of quote unquote filler stuff that was okay, um, this one jumped right back in and were uh, mm-hmm. you know, sh- put Thrawn in the light that that we all expected him to be in. So I thought that was great. Um, with that, let's uh jump into the mailbag and see what message the Rebels podcast. No lot to conjure club mailbag. Council is asking you. All right, so uh, Mike, I'll take this first one, and I'm going to actually uh, kind of edit it here. I won't do the whole thing, but uh, this is from Ariel Philip P. Flores. He says, "I was presently surprised to see that they aired the newest episode in Inside Man this week. I felt this episode brought Rebels season three back on track. Although both Iron Squadron and the Linkathu job were semi-decent filler episodes, and Inside Man was the episode I've been waiting for, as we near the end of the first half of the season." The action sequences were great, and it was nice to finally be back on the fall. I was glad to see that mine and others' assumptions on Agent Callus being Fulcrum were proven right. What made the episode for me was what we were beginning to uh, really see, or we're beginning to see the calculative Thrawn from the Legends series. What makes this Thrawn more believable compared to the Legends counterpart was that we got to see him study the Rebels for roughly nine episodes now. He was ahead of the rebels every step and using his knowledge of their tactics, the Lothal civilians working in the factory and even hinting that he is on to Callus. All of that to inform his overall strategy, inform his overall strategy. Thrawn is starting to prove to me that he is a force to be reckoned with and a wonderful character to bring in this season. I can't wait to see where they take Callus's character from here. I'm curious though if Thrawn was able to intercept the communication at the end where Callus Callus's allegiance was revealed to the rest of Phoenix Squadron. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. So, yeah, you know, he's he's talking about a lot of stuff that we uh, we kind of mentioned here. You know, as far as Thrawn and and his progression, and he talks about the nine episodes. You know, and I think a lot of us were kind of you know let's, let's say, oh man, even though it's been nine episodes, man, we want to see him take that step into showing just how formidable of a uh, villain he is, and he did that in this episode. Um, Let's see what else do you say here, Mike. Uh, oh, he talks about the end here. Um, he was curious if Thrawn was able to intercept the communication at the end where Callus's allegiance was revealed. Um, they certainly don't show any uh, we don't, we clues don't have, to that. Yeah, we don't have any reason no. to believe that that's right, what's going right. on here. I think more than anything, um, Thrawn is going to have suspects at this point. And Callus, I think, is is going to be high up on the list because he makes he makes a point of saying like, oh, you know, the the other troopers corroborated your story, but, right? Yeah, yeah. But he sort of says it in a very pointed way. So 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think I'm fairly certain that Thrawn's on to him, but but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. He mentions it too. He you know he says you know he is uh, hinting that he is on to Callus. And again, we we're kind of speculating that, but I, to me, I think he's on to him. Uh, just like that last clip you heard, it sounds like he's uh, on. And oh man, Callus. He's. I think even Callus. It's one of those things where like I think he knows too. Yeah. But he's got he's kind of like a, kind of playing off and like oh you know. Ron, you're you're amazing. You're great. You know he's kind of doing one of those things. So it's kind of interesting to see the the back and forth between those two. It's almost like a a Jango Fett um, Obi Wan thing where they both knew what was going on, but they weren't saying anything. It was kind of that cool back and forth. So again, we'll see what happens with the rest of the season where they go with with Ron and Cal. So I think they're building up to something between those two, um, and uh, and something big happening between them. So. Um, good stuff from Ariel Phil. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you writing in, Ariel. Uh, Mike, you want to take uh, the next one? Uh, yeah, this one's from Bob Willicky and Bob writes, Hi, guys. Great show once again, and thanks for answering my question. Great Rebels episode as well. It's nice to have an episode like this that, for me, reaffirms my love for this show. We get to see once again the absolute ruthless nature of the Empire, specifically Thrawn, who gets to stretch out a little as a villain. It was much needed, too, as Thrawn's overly cautious and plotting strategy was, for me, starting to get old. When you write for a show that is barely a half hour long, you need to move things along, and this episode did that for me. We also get to see real loss and consequences in the Weapon Factory. Other highlights are the reveal of Fulcrum, which was, and I know I'm, not, I, and I know I'm nitpicking, perhaps a moment that, we could, that could have been more of a dramatic reveal. Still, the tension in the end between the razor-sharp Thrawn and Kallus was wonderful to watch. I was a little puzzled, though, at the Rebel crew when it was revealed who Fulcrum is. No one seemed to know. Now, either they are being extremely cautious, or Hera, my guess, is keeping it from the crew that she knew all along who it was. Either explanation makes sense. I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on this. Overall, a very enjoyable episode with little to complain about for me. Looking forward as the stakes get higher in upcoming episodes. So, I think I, I don't think that any of these care any of the ghost crew knew. I don't either. Yeah, what was up? Um, yeah. I have to go back and watch that episode towards the end. But I'm fairly certain. Does Zeb not give him a way of contacting them? Uh, I don't remember. Um. I don't, I'm trying to remember, I remember if there was some something towards the end of the episode that they, they. I know Zeb talks about how he thinks he recruited him because of yeah. the time they spent, but I don't. I, know I mean, sorry, I mean, like it, not this episode. The the episode where where they are stuck on the ice planet. Um, oh, oh! I feel like I feel like there was something there. I feel like that they they Zeb somehow gave him some way of yeah. of like and that's why Zeb says I think I accidentally recruited him. Um now like sort of the story of how he came to the came to adopt the 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 moniker of Fulcrum. I think I I I expect that next week enough people will have asked that question that they'll probably address it on Rebels Recon. If they don't, then Pablo Hidalgo needs to address that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody should go and tweet to at Star Wars and tweet at Pablo Hidalgo asking that question of, of how exactly Callus uh, became Fulcrum mm-hmm. um, without them knowing. 
uh, that would be that would be incredibly helpful if we yeah. could figure that out and get yeah. it get it from Pablo because he's if anybody knows Pablo does, um, mm. but yeah I, I I don't know I'm I'm a little fuzzy on exactly how that happened myself if Hera uh, and Zeb don't know then who does right but mm-hmm. uh, yeah I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm a, I'm a, I think, like I said in, when we were talking about it earlier, I do think it was a shock to them. And I know that the Rebels crew and the I mean, the Ghost crew yeah. is the focal point of this show, but that doesn't mean, necessarily mean they're like high, the high ranking. I mean, they're Phoenix, Phoenix Squadron, I get it. But I think as far as like the fulcrum yeah. and, and that kind of thing, I think that comes from up top of the Rebel Alliance right now or the fledgling Rebel Alliance. And maybe they just didn't need to know that. So that's why I think that they were seriously um, uh, shocked to kind of hear that Kallus was yeah. was uh, Fulcrum. So on that. And then he also talks about, you know, the real loss and consequence uh, in this episode. And, and you're right, man. I, you, you had guys dying here, uh, especially for the cause. You know, some of the writers, people that were yeah. infiltrated, you know, they saw him and what uh, Thrawn did to, to that guy. So uh, a lot of... A lot of people are talking about this, and the, the two that wrote, wrote into our show, Mike, is same thing. Everybody's like, "Oh man, it's great to see Thrawn like this," and I've seen a lot of that online as well. So, yeah, uh, looks like this episode came off really well with with most of the Star Wars Rebels fans. So, good stuff, guys. Thank you guys for writing in, and um, if you guys are listening out there, again, if you guys are watching these and write in, man, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we'll take we'll take anything. You know, um, these guys are great about writing in. They're great great thoughts so yeah for sure uh definitely definitely don't hesitate to write in uh next time mike you ready to get to next time on star wars rebels uh yeah, let's, let's hear it. this is uh this is our i guess what are we going to call this our winter finale i guess maybe yeah. or yeah, something mid, like that mid-season finale. mid-season finale here you go yeah. mid-season finale some great stuff coming on uh it's called visions and voices and i tell you what it's looking really really good check out this quick clip gathered many things, secrets to help us restore our memories. Look at all this junk. Do not touch anything. These are artifacts from my past, from a time when my power was almost absolute. Get away from there! Is that a lightsaber? Indeed. Yes, but not like any that you would know. If your Mandalorian friend was here, (laughs) she could explain it to you. Whoa, Mike, I tell you what, I saw that clip and I was like, man, I can't wait to watch this Mm -hmm. this Saturday. Haunted by Visions. Especially, uh, yeah, especially, sorry, go ahead. You read the description and then we'll talk about it. Okay, it says, Haunted by visions of Maul, Ezra has a journey across the galaxy. Upon arriving at his destination, he has to participate in a strange ritual to sever his connection to Maul. Uh, what were you going to say, Mike? Go ahead. Yeah, so I obviously that clip referring to the Darksaber. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we know from the season three trailer that at some point Sabine is going to get her hands on that dark saber. So, mm. um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. I mean, you, you watching this thing and not only the, what's coming from mall, which I'm looking forward to, there's some, uh, and I won't even mention it. I'll just say there's some 
background stuff that and footage that they kind of highlight and you're like oh man i can't wait to talk about this because uh they show a picture of somebody um and we'll again i'll just leave it at that and we'll talk yeah. about it next week but man finishing out the this actual mid-season finale with maul i'm looking forward to it mike what do you think yeah definitely yeah. um uh, I'm looking forward to both of this episode as well as a break. Uh, yeah, yeah. You got a break <laughs> it, coming up too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be nice to sort of decompress. We get to enjoy well, Rogue One, Rogue yeah. One without yeah. having to worry about anything else. Um, mm. And uh, as I mentioned uh, the last couple weeks, you can hear what Matt and I have to think about Rogue One by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack and chipping in over there because it'll be the exclusive episode for December. Um, and on top of that, we'll also be doing a Rogue One spoiler cast oh, yeah. uh, live on YouTube on the 16th. So um, and that'll be at about 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So look forward to both of those conversations coming to the Thunderquack Network in in the uh, the sort of the break. And, and there will be one more opportunity for me to promote those. Um, but uh, it's going to be well worth the dollar over at patreon.com slash thunderquack I think Um, but but I'm looking forward to just sort of um, taking a break from Rebels not to say that Rebels isn't awesome but just sort of decompressing a little bit and digesting Rogue One and then you know when we come back in January we'll be uh, well rested and ready with all sorts of new theories and speculation as to exactly where things are going and i don't know hopefully maybe some obi-wan kenobi in the future. <laughs> yeah I like, I like so. that stuff <laughs> for sure yeah looking forward to that that like i said that break is gonna perfect time to have a break because all of us are going to be so focused on rogue one for the next uh month or so so yeah for sure good stuff that's gonna do it for this week though that is it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars Rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, as well as on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and Matt is at the crankster, and that is crankster with a K. Yes. Um, so head over there and follow us. Um, of course, we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. You can head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other awesome podcasts in the network. And uh, and if you like what you hear, you can support us by going to store.thunderquack.com, picking up some merch, uh, getting yourself a t-shirt, uh, a phone case, stickers, uh, pillows even. it's all <laughs> There's crazy stuff over there. Store.thunderquack.com to do that. Uh, and you can also support us over on Patreon at patreon.com dot com slash thunderquack and get some cool rewards while you're at it so uh every dollar over there helps um and uh, we appreciate everybody who does support us like i said before you want to hear what matt and i think about rogue one you want us to get into the nitty-gritty details of it uh on our spoiler cast you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and uh supporting us at the one dollar level or higher you'll get access to that when it goes live uh sometime in mid-december Uh, so look forward to that and uh, look forward to next week and uh, we will be back thank you guys for listening we will see you next week until next week